Welcome to the Founder Friday podcast, brought to you by the Canopy community. I'm your host, Charity Wilson, and each episode, I'll be chatting to inspirational company founders and learning from their insights. This Friday, I'm joined by two inspiring co-founders in a notoriously difficult industry, print media. I'll be finding out how they've achieved longevity in the fickle and supposedly dwindling world of publication, and how they've navigated their company's journey without veering from their ethics around sourcing, sustainability, and supporting their local economy. Enjoy. Let's do it. So joining me on Founder Friday, I have Rebecca Matthews and Brendan Sleeman, founders of WED Magazine. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Good. Good. Thank you. Uh, Before we get into your journey, um, your trials, challenges and successes of running a print media company in a digital age, um, I should mention that I know you both quite well. In fact, (laughs) Becca, I've known you since we were both 12. As the gang, <laughs> might be eleven. As the uh, yeah, lanky girls, early nineties, early early nineties sort of uh, poddling around the uh, school grounds together. And uh, Brendan, it feels like I've known you nearly as long, if not longer. And so, so was your bridesmaid. I feel I, I am entitled to, to ask this question with love and with no agenda. How <laughs> on earth do you do it? How do you stay married and run a business and raise children and on the whole, um, look after each other and be such good friends? Can well, I, can I jump in on that? I'm very tolerant. <laughs> My response was going to be it takes a special kind of patience. I'm a very mellow human being. But we <laughs> No, we have learned over the years that um um to work we work together but we kind of work apart at the same time. Yeah, yeah we? we've, so, we've both got individual identities and things that we do. Well, we both we <coughs> both found that a different environment suits us to work in. So we work well together as a team. We feel we've got complementary skills. Um, but you you prefer like a bit more of a buzzy environment to work in. Yeah. Um, so we we found a solution for that. Brendan now works at the um, in a freelance work hub, the Workbox in Penzance, and I need peace and quiet to write and do my thing. So we work separately, but obviously we're working together, aren't we? So yeah, we, we, do, have, like we a... do come together to like do the odd working day and to do like photo shoots together, that kind of thing. Yeah, members of a team. But you do have to be. Um, you do kind of have to be patient, don't you? Yeah, you no, to... and definitely not bringing it home with you. You know, after when you've argued about work, you know, and then you're at home. And then you're sitting with each other. You have to draw like, a line between home and work. And that's yeah. where it's become difficult with the pandemic and things like that, where everything has been at home. Um, and it's how, really nice. How do you do that? Because lots of people say that, um, you know, that classic bit of advice for any relationship is, is, is don't go to bed on an argument. But for you guys, how do you actually, do you have a, a, a time in the day where it's like, okay, it's gone 6pm, no more work talk. How do you really sort of delineate i do that a little bit and then, I, I, and then I, nine o'clock in the morning comes and i just attack her then <laughs> 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 I'm just like, what about this thing so 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 and she's like 
can I just have a coffee in peace? And yeah, like, I, oh. well, I think we, we used to find that really hard. I think before we had children, I think like we, we were completely consumed by the business and it's really hard to find that separation, don't you? Yeah. Whereas since the kids have come along, they force that separation. So they feel like there's a much clearer line between work and business. Um, whereas although the nature of the business means that I sometimes have to work late at home, I try really hard not to talk too much in that kind of time about work. Even yeah. if you have to work at home sometimes, I try not to talk about it. Yeah. Just go but then every now and then, Brendan will start talking at 11 o'clock at night about some amazing idea he's had. And I'll be like, stop. I've just spent the whole night working. Yeah. Only because um, I haven't seen you this way. But um, yeah. So children have kind of made that work home life separation easier in a sense. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, uh, and we're just separate as well. You know, like you get couples that are sort of clingy and always want to be with each other all the time as well. Like we've got very individual identities. Like we love each other and we spend time with each other, but we can also not... independent. Yeah, we can also not spend time with each other and enjoy that too, you know, or just go yeah. and do our own things. Yeah, being yeah. independent as well. Strong, independent really important. people. Cool. Mm-hmm. And when you are focusing on business, there's so much to focus on and... Um, what a success story. 15 years coming up to now is uh, marking that 15th anniversary of, of the success of, of, of Wed Magazine. It's here. It's still going. 16 yeah. years in Cornwall. Holding it up. <laughs> Amazing. Six this is the 59th issue, actually. We're waiting for the 60th issue to be delivered. And this is the 50th issue for Devon. And there's a lot of pages in this magazine. I always forget until I pick it up how much is in it and why it takes so long to put together. Yeah. Nearly 200 pages. But um, yeah, 15 years this month. It's a big old magazine. Incredible. And it's such a remarkable feat. When Even when you started out 15 years ago, there was so much talk about how, you know, print media is on its way out. It's the digital age. You were one of the first um, companies to really push it digitally anyway to have the website up and running and for it to be slick and 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 look good and you know it was it was beyond comparison with with the other companies that were out there trying to do wedding magazines can you tell us a bit about that journey and how you overcame you know the people kind of so many people saying you know it's it's a dead industry don't even bother how did it all start and and how did you uh well we thought um 15 years ago we kind of we identified a gap in the market for um, for like a really kind of like good quality luxury coffee table style wedding magazine, but completely dedicated to Cornwall um, because we could see Cornwall's profile was kind of rising nationally and internationally. Um, and the magazine that was existent at the time, which was actually a very good magazine, wasn't doing anything digitally. They didn't even have a website. So um we could see that you kind of like to, to, to have like a, um, a business that lasted in print media, you needed to really harness both the digital and the print worlds, didn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, part of the reason I think we succeeded through those early days was the fact that straight away we had a, like a, like a really good quality, um, accessible, um, comprehensive website that people were using to plan their weddings um, from all over the country. Um, and that market did find it hard at that point to plan their wedding in Cornwall, didn't they? Because there wasn't that, that website resource. For me, it was a smartphone uh, invention in 2007 when I got one. Um, I then realised that people would be Googling uh, everything or access to the internet would be so much more accessible than it was previously before you had to go to a PC, sit down in your room, you know, and connect, etc. And this one would just, you know, I'd be in a pub like Googling stuff and showing people things. And, and then I realised, right, the world's going to go mad on this pretty much. 
um and then yeah the invention of that i think and the fact that um and that's not to to belittle the importance of the print product it's the fact that they both worked hand in hand that was really important to us because we're big believers in the power of print and now it's really interesting um 15 years on seeing the new generation that are coming through in in their 20s um getting married and early 30s um they they're so happy to see a magazine and it's actually quite sad to see like the decline of so many wedding titles um the feedback we get is they love to switch off from technology and flick through an actual print product and take pictures out and use it as their kind of planning resource so well yeah we were kids of the 90s weren't we so we would spend time in smiths looking through magazines um that's not something that that people do anymore so actually having a print product is 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 it's weird it's quite exciting for them and also with the feedback we're getting is that they go to like um supermarkets and they're just they're quite sad to see like the the lack of choice because it's so hard to run a magazine these days um but you know we've always been big big believers in the power of print haven't we yeah no print's cool definitely in this industry in the wedding industry i think people still want to read magazines maybe in other industries people skim through stuff it's the fact that we're so dedicated that i think is definitely obviously um made it a success it's dedicated to people getting married for, so they're, they're in the market for a short time but it's also dedicated to a geographical location so we've got one that's completely dedicated to Cornwall one that's completely dedicated to Devon it's all about the niche don't you think yeah and we are a good resource for that pretty much as well and I don't know any bride like I said that wouldn't read a wedding magazine you're in it for such a finite period of time you know to plan your wedding you're going to consume as much information <clears> as you possibly can and the format which you consume it in uh, if it's novel and niche, which magazines are now, and it looks really good, it's going to be impressive. It's going to be a new thing for people as well. And actually, weirdly, now magazines are far more receptive than they ever have been because they're rare. So when people pick up a magazine and look at one and it's really good, people are, are just so impressed now, especially the younger generation, because they don't see them that often. <laughs> and it is so. good. You've both been really particular right from the outset about the look and feel haven't you? The aesthetic of it overall has always been really important to both of you. You've never compromised. No, no that even. kept us poor as well, didn't it, for a long time because the print, the, our original print prices were extortionate, but we didn't want to compromise on the quality and it paid off in dividends because we, you know, we the right brands came to us, the right venues. Um, and uh, even now people pick it up and they go, you know, they go, ooh, didn't they? They yeah, just yeah. love the way it feels. And I think there's a lot to be said for that as well as obviously making sure like the content's great as well it's a full-on magazine isn't it and even during covid you know when you're trying to save costs and advertising was going down you know the idea of you know cutting back on paper quality sort of print you don't do it will you Brendan? no we didn't do that. <laughs> no way i'm doing that you know because it's just defeating the object of what you're trying to achieve really having um, that strong sense of aesthetics sticking to those principles has been then part of the, the the success do you think that's that's contributed to you know maintaining quality has been has been worth it the, the sacrifices that you've had to make on that front well we're in such Definitely. a quality such a quality industry anyway where there's thousands and you know tens of thousands of pounds you know uh, being banded around per wedding that cornwall needs a quality yeah. publication i think think we'd represent cornwall or devon in a way we always where wanted it to be the best possible <laughs> showcase of the industry down here because like the industry is brilliant it's full of brilliant people and beautiful venues and it deserves it but um I, we wouldn't ever want to do anything that we didn't feel was like great quality either we've never been it's never been like about the money for us like i always say to brendan i still feel like the geek at school that just wants to get the top marks for homework it's always been about doing our best isn't it doing our best for the industry 
putting the best possible product we can out there. So um, I do think that's come through and, you know, and that's why we've got part of the reason we've got a loyal advertiser base. Um, and obviously because it works for people, you know, we know it works for people um, because we're, 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 we're lucky, but because we have um, explored the digital avenue as much as the print avenue, we can um, actually present our advertisers with figures, you know, that about click-throughs and how many inquiries they've received, that kind of thing as well. So it works on both You've got fronts. the hard data to back, to back it up as well, yeah. which is well, that's with Google that analytical approach. Yeah, which is mm. basically quantifying advertising and everything else, which is what people want these days. So we've got analytics, Google Analytics sorted out. And we're, like I said, page one, if not top of Google for everything that you need for wedding search terms. Is that so, a skill that, that you've um, developed dura- during this, Brendan? Because I know that's, yeah, that's very much kind of your part of your role, not just the sales, but the analytics kind of thing. Yeah, no, completely. I went into all this blind. I went into the whole thing as a salesperson. You know, I never went into a, uh, this is a magazine owner, a website creator, you know, an SEO expert. No, you're a Google yeah. Analytics geek, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. That's even with InDesign, I designed people's adverts, have done for years. You know, I had to learn that pretty quickly because we never had the money to outsource that. So I had to learn all these new skills, um, you know, and I had time to practice them as well because money was always on the line for people. So I had to get good really quickly to make money. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing that and a lot of time researching. And how do you how do you balance um, the the need to develop your own skills and those times where actually it's just time critical? You perhaps can't invest the next you know week or month or six months in getting really good at a new technology, and you can use um, you can outsource using places like Fiverr to yeah. you know just go straight to somebody who's got those skills. When when do you how do you make that decision about I'll outsource or I'll, I'll learn it myself. For me, it's just a, it's a feeling of like, what have I got to do? What's my workload like, you know? And I can find people on Fiverr. I have people that do video editing. And sometimes there's a point where, with video editing especially... Um, you've got to work out when it's worth your time. That's the thing, because you've got, you know, and, you know, balance things out with your workload and, how, and work out how your time is best spent, especially when it's limited. I think with the pandemic, I think that was kind of like a weird, weird shift where we had to kind of go back and work out what we could do ourselves. Um, and we did bring a little bit more stuff in-house. And now we're at that situation when we're, we're going back into where we were three years ago, aren't we? Where we're yeah. able to outsource a little bit more, which is great because it's really important to bring as many skills to the table as you can and not try and do everything yourself. We, and we like to get as many kind of creative people involved as we can, for sure. If you've got the money, outsource it, you know, find, you know, and you can do that, then great. If you haven't got the money, don't outsource it, pretty much. I mean, that's, this is, try and learn it yourself, you know. There was a few times when you had to work out, actually, my time is better spent, you know, trying to sell advertising and trying to, like, work on this this SEO, that kind of thing. Yeah, it was, but I was forced in that position where I had to learn that. Uh, because because we a we didn't have the money to yeah get in the really to, early and, days yeah. and I had to get the ads done or run you know the deadlines were coming up so I had to really just learn it very quickly and I think there are a lot of people that are struggling with that balance when when you are an, a new startup you've got a great idea you're having to learn so many skills so fast and it's knowing you know how to prioritize your time how to value your time because if you actually think about how many hours you work for nothing it yeah. is yeah. terrifying isn't it and and you both you both held uh sort of day jobs while when you started this was, yeah. There, yeah, yeah. was there a point when you 
thought, okay, we we can I, I can jump away from the day job now and I can invest myself fully in the company because that's that's quite a scary moment usually but was that challenging or 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 was that an easy leap for you yeah well it was a bit I mean the early days we were both holding down day jobs and running two other businesses together which looking back it was absolute madness and I wouldn't advise (laughs) anybody to do that because we were completely exhausted and also um, I think there's a lot to be said about like working out which business um, you're going to, you know, focus all your efforts in. And obviously, um, WED was the one that we chose. Yeah. Um, but it was um, it was really hard to work out where that line came in about, right, you know, when you do literally like cast out and say, this is it, we're going to put all of our time and energy into this and take that risk financially. I guess we were lucky because we were young. <laughs> when we got to that point, we didn't have many responsibilities. So yeah. it was it was a good time to kind of take risks in life. Um, I'd be probably much more nervous about doing it at my age now. Um, But um, yeah, it was scary, but I think we were quite, we were so determined, weren't we? Yeah, kind of. So determined and and also willing to work every hour it took to make it succeed. Yeah. Um, You know, neither of us are scared of hard work and you can't be scared of hard work if you want to run your own business. No. And I remember regularly working seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And long and hours. Long, yeah. long hours. When you're coming up to, to, and still now, when you come up to a print deadline. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it was, exci- it was exciting though as well Midnight. at the same time, you know, it was exciting. It didn't feel like work, but it, it was work. Yeah, we got Does a real, sense? yeah, we did get a real buzz out of the startup and, and meeting new people and going out and getting advertising deals and, and obviously we're lucky because the nature of the business is that we it's really diverse. So one day you could find yourself um, you know, the meeting at a mark with a marketing manager. The next day, you're on a photo shoot. The next day, you're writing up a review. It's it was it was never boring, was it? No. In those the early next days, day, you're on Hotel Inspector. Ah, the Hotel Inspector. Yeah, did a few turns <laughs> on the old TV. <laughs> did our, or our favourite was always the photo, the food shoots. We used to do food shoots regularly, didn't we? we used yeah, to go they were and cool. Hang out in a chef's kitchen and eat lots of food. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, so that's the thing. It never felt like hard work in that sense especially when we'd done like really like I guess monotonous jobs to get in the situation to start up the business um that was kind of our point of comparison wasn't it yeah completely you know and a photographer there's a, a really good photographer used to well you still do shoots with you know and he always says like uh I'm not saving lives you know <laughs> he goes this isn't hard you know he's just taking taking shots of photographer he's a bloody good photographer but we're really lucky just see yourselves as really lucky to be able to call this work that's the thing yeah yeah definitely and it, it it's uh you know it's it, it is one of those brain taxing jobs i'd say for sure becca's worse than me you know because she's got to fiddle around with credits and words and content and all that stuff for me it's just a uh, client management at the minute so i'm pretty cool like that, that. You? yeah yeah which is basically speaking but that in itself is quite challenging you touched on this um a couple of times in this conversation so on the on the one hand you've got you're in a sector, yeah, where, you know, arguably people are always going to want to get married. So that's great. You know, you've got the readers, you've got, you've got the, 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 the drive behind it, if you like. You've got the traffic, we've got the volume. Of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you're reliant on advertising. Yeah, um, yeah, and obviously, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the, uh, the rubbish thing about it. <laughs> it's like, that's the worst thing about What's it. Your job, you know? Yeah, I know, but that's like, the, that's the linchpin in the whole business, isn't it? You know, if advertising goes down, it doesn't matter how good your product is or everything else, you know, the revenue dries up, you're gone, you're finished, you know, national magazines that have been amazing, brilliant advertising revenue dried up, gone 
finished. No, that's the end of it. Doesn't matter how good your business is in any media or publishing, even digital media, you know, if Facebook's advertising dries up, that's the end of Facebook. If revenue's gone, see you later. Yeah, but, pretty much. But that's it doesn't why matter how good it is. But that's why we've always worked really hard to make sure that um, it, the advertising works for people. That's why what our business depends on. Yeah. So that's why digital works really. Uh, that you know, you put all your energy into like the digital side of things. Yeah, yeah. And I put all my energy into the print side of things, and together, they they seem to work. And we make they? a real, real effort and, for the advertisers too. You know, we give them everything pretty much, and uh, to well, the we point know, where people say that you should be charging for this and that. It's all part of the package. Well, we just try to do our best for people. We always have, yeah. haven't we? And had a good relationship with everybody. Um, but um, and, and how how like, have you coped with that when you've got when you've come to a crunch point? For example, during the pandemic. But I know, having spoken to you um, on lots of of previous occasions, there have been times when when small companies, and obviously, you know, a, a good deal of your advertisers will be small companies. Small businesses have been really pinched, and and that has a knock on effect with you guys. And maybe you know they need to defer their payments, or they need to take you know take a couple of months without advertising. How have you? managed to, to deal with that because that those must have been some really tough times yeah i mean uh, the, obviously the, the recent example of that was obviously as soon as like we went into the first lockdown and we had a flurry of people that obviously were getting really worried about finance and obviously the events industry was one of the worst hit industries um so from the start we took it like um we didn't put any pressure on people we let people um pay when they could effectively sort out payment plans um uh it I, I think what's what's helped us through those more difficult times is the fact that we've always kept quite a lean business, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've always kept our overheads as low as we can. Obviously, we can't compromise on certain things. Um, but in terms, we haven't got a fancy office. We haven't got, like, lots of unnecessary costs. Um, everyone, we're a small team, but everyone works really hard within that small team. So um, that carried us through when other magazines that might have had the fancy office or a huge you know a huge team of different editors they would have struggled so um but we've always found it really important to to have that personable approach with our advertisers as well so we had to you know it wasn't just kind of a blanket this is what we expect it's kind of like to try and do our best for each person as we can and um and completely understand when people are in a situation and it's not feasible for them to pay their bills as well so yeah, it was dodgy though. It was definitely dodgy. Yeah, we've had. Yeah, it's it's always it's really hard. It's always hard because obviously we've got our bills to pay as well. But um, luckily, we've ne- we've never been in that situation where you know where it's felt like it's all going to go under, have we? Yeah, completely. Uh, and also, I guess during the pandemic, um, we had to make a decision: do we keep publishing or not? And actually, the best thing we could have done was to keep publishing because everyone was at home and really receptive to everything we were doing, both digitally and in print. So we recorded our best web traffic ever, our best print sales ever, um, because we felt people wanted something positive to focus on and web could be part of that something positive to focus on, especially, you know, there was lots of flurry of engagements during that first lockdown, as we saw. And we set up a helpline, actually, for anyone that was struggling, both in um both couples and in the wedding industry just people that needed a chat so um lovely lucy that works for us was just chatting to people all day wasn't she and just trying to be like a friendly voice at the end of the phone um so yeah so 
that was a, that was a worrying moment that first week of the pandemic. But I feel like in we can look back now and think, yeah, we're glad we handled it the way we did. It was it was scary because we didn't know if anyone would be able to pay their bills when that issue came out, the first issue in whatever it was, May 2020. Um, but they did, and we're still here. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a big part of your success is that focus on people that you're you're not just serving your customers you're you're looking after the people who are advertising you're looking after the whole wedding community or, or or very much being part of it if not leading it in many ways would you say that that's a lesson for, for other people going into definitely I think um we always said from the start that part of the reason that we that wed got off the ground was because we took a personal approach we went you know you we got on the road didn't we and just met people face to face yeah um you know it wasn't a faceless new business setting up from far away it was like literally you know a couple of people in Penzance that want just want to create a successful business that showcases the wedding industry in the best possible light that seagull was perfectly on cue when you said <laughs> in Penzance <laughs> <laughs> being more coastal no we couldn't we just need a view of the sea but you're still dealing you're still dealing with the owners of the magazine too which is funny you know when I rock up to a sales meeting or something you know and I'm speak to whoever's in charge and they want to see me and then they ask my position in the company, you know, and I say, oh, the owner. And they're like, oh. And then they get the better biscuits out then, you know, and the uh, <laughs> nicer cup of tea. But it's uh, it's funny. It's just weird, you know. It's um, They don't expect me to turn up. They expect a sales guy to turn up and just, he's on the payroll. And then I just speak to them, you know, like a... Are they like surprised a, when they learn it's a, it's quite a small team uh, that it is? Yeah, 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 massive. Yeah, it looks way bigger than it is. You know, it looks way bigger than it is. But the social do you think media that's board. do you think that's important? Uh, well, it's, it's it's like people always used to say that years ago. You know, go to a limited company because it makes you look bigger than what it is, and just gives you that idea of how big you are. But I I, for me, it wasn't important. It's not important at all. That's an egotistical thing, and we dropped the ego years ago. So. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it. Today. Yeah, you may not have it, but. No, nah, we're just what we are. What we are, you know, and it's it's the lean team. You know, it's it's the reason why we still do our work. You know, I'm a director of a company, and Becca's a director of a company, but we're, I'm also the sales guy, and Becca's well, the editor. To, of the yeah, magazine, you do a bit you know, of everything. So. That's the thing, and we have from the start. You have to like learn how to be like the marketing person, the distribution person, the content creator, the picture editor. You know, had to learn some design skills. Had to like be the SEO expert. I mean, that's the early days. You do. It's, you know, it's just like we go back to the whole idea about where do you draw the line about when when is the time to delegate those skills? And there's certain things like from the start that we we knew that wasn't going to be our forte and we had to um, we had to get an expert in, like from a graphic designer and things like that, a web a web guy, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but we just, but when it was jobs that we felt like we were capable of and we needed just to like kind of swat up on, we tried to do that ourselves, didn't we? Yeah, certain things you could do and how certain things you couldn't, you know, so we made that decision quickly and then allocated the money and the funds and that was the way it went really, pretty much, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, we even had a little foray into events in the middle of it all, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We ran a few wedding shows, five years of good events. Yeah. And then stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah, we like to try new things. We like a challenge. So what do you think, think about new things, what do you think the future holds for, for WED or for, for your sort of, is there going to be a, a family of publications? Um, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. This is it. 
This is as big as it gets. There's a possibility, I don't know, we could combine a Devon and the Somerset magazine, you know, and venture into that. But um, I don't know, we're at a point now, we're just happy with the business. It's fine, you know, it's manageable. Uh, I think a lot I of think business- we enjoy running it. We really enjoy it. Um, I don't, I mean, we have, we obviously we never say never. We might look to like expanding it at some point. But um, at the moment, I think we just kind of like live in life a day at a time and, you know, making, our kind of challenge every day is to, to get get it out there you know expand its reach make sure we're engaging with the right people the right couples the right businesses yeah. um i guess yeah that's it we haven't got any grand plans for the future have we no to be no. honest we never dreamed we'd be here 15 years later yeah and it's fine we're delighted that we are yeah and it's like i said it's a manageable sized business you know it's always that chase for growth which um I've seen so many businesses over the years chasing growth and then they've ended up like not having a business because they've expanded far too fast, too quickly. And then when tough times came, their overheads were too big, you know, and they crashed down. All of our competitors are, are broken and not here anymore are purely on that level. They've, they've chased growth too quickly. And think, we've always kept yeah. it. Yeah. So. And also for us, it's always been about kind of like, um, we, we're now in a situation where the business fits really well with our lifestyle as well, you know, so it kind of, um, we get to lead the life we want in Cornwall and run the business we want. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any expansion plans, we'd have to be carefully kind of considered, wouldn't they? Anything that would risk that. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, you've always have little moments where you're like, we need to do this, we need to do that. Yeah, but that's, an, again, it's an, it's checking the ego. It's ego and check, you know, that's pretty much <laughs> it. You want to be this and that all the time of, you know, successful to who, to what, you know. Who's we just, want, judge you on any we of just that? want to keep, um, you know, improving the magazine as best we can. Yeah. Make it the best product. Keep, you know, um, keep the quality as it is, do more creative things. Um, the weddings that we're getting now, the, the standard of work down here is so brilliant in Devon and Cornwall in, in the industry with the photographers and the florists and the cake designers. And we kind of just want to, you know, keep doing all those people justice. And from the start, part of that, the idea behind web was to uh, make sure that people um, present the best showcase of what people do down here so that people aren't just bringing supplies from outside all the time, just to kind of shout about how good Cornwall and Devon is as beautiful counties, but as um, places to source brilliant supplies as well. So that's been kind of our challenge. And we feel like we need to, you know, keep that in mind for the future. Yeah, pretty much. Keep showcasing how brilliant it's still, still work to be done on that front, do you think? Yeah, we just want to keep moving with the times, I guess, and keep like, you know, bettering, bettering the product. Yeah, and you can't do that if you're chasing growth in another county, you know, you've got to work on what you've currently got. And what we currently got does work, you know. If we just manage it, maintain it like this, it could be, well, it will be fine. It's been 15 years. It could be another 15 years. We just move with the times. I know that you've both, um, you've talked about how you're, um, you're guided by uh, your principles, your ethics. As far as sustainability goes, um, obviously there's the sustain- sustainability of the company itself, which is which is remarkable, 15 years and still at the top of what you do and still creating really high quality publications. But as far as environmental impact, um, what, what steps have you taken in order to um, promote that within, within your company? Well, from the start, we actually paid over the odds for the product, uh, for the actual print job, because we wanted to keep it in Cornwall. Um, I remember we were getting lots of emails from print companies in China. Do you remember that? Yeah. Same, you know, all over the country, all over the world. All over the country, but all over the world. 
um, you know, obviously, and we could have had it printed so much cheaper elsewhere, but it was really important for us that um, that we were using a local company, that things weren't being transported too far, but also we wanted to support the local economy as well, which was the idea behind getting local writers and illustrators and designers and photographers involved. Um, but we also, all of the magazines are printed on FSC accredited paper um, with vegetable inks and they're printed at Deltor in Saltash, which is um, which has got some great eco-credentials now. Do you think that your your readers and, and people in your business community, do you think they're um, aware um, enough of, of those kind of eco-credentials that no, you're... I don't really shout about those things. Well, we, we should, should do. do. They don't ask either, they don't ask. <laughs> no, well, that, is so something that, we, that is something we do need to kind of make clearer. Um, that's the way that obviously businesses have become much more transparent and open with mm-hmm. their ethics in recent years. Um, and that's something that we... We haven't really talked about much, actually, about, you know, all those things where, you know, in the past it's cost us a lot more money to do certain things, but it's obviously worth it, um, which is really important. So, um, yeah, there's certain things that we need to um, probably just make it a little bit more clear to people. Yeah, no, I said that in the, in the contents page before, just put a little piece in there. Yeah. Vegetable link sustainability, you know, we're all on top of that. It's pretty cool. Um, but people aren't as... Uh, Fourth companies, you think they don't ask that much, weirdly. You know, they'll take the magazine, they'll buy the magazine, they'll a wedding show. No one really comes up and says, How sustainable is this magazine? You know? Yeah. And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great to, to let them know? Because it's it's such an amazing thing. Not only are you, you know, not only are you sort of championing the print industry, but you're supporting Cornwall and other Cornwall businesses. Yeah. Um, and you're, you know, you're focusing on on as much sustainability as, as possible uh, yeah, these yeah, are yeah. such incredible uh things that you're doing that perhaps you don't shout about and again you, the two of you have created something amazing that has longevity and so many of the answers to today's questions have you know have been about how you, you sort of had a gut feeling about it you followed your instincts and that in itself is is remarkable I think a lot of people don't have um or don't follow their instincts and perhaps end up you know like you say scaling up too soon those kind of things and and things go pear-shaped but I think we followed our guts yeah it depends on your priority of what you want what you want to achieve really what are you in business for that's the question that's pretty much the uh you know normally it's the drive for money or success, which is the, the things that people go into those things for. Um, you know, so just be honest with yourself and ask the reasons why you're doing these things. Um, and for us, it was genuinely, I think, to um, help an industry out, which I saw wasn't, you know, as best as it could be. And it's weird. And I look well, back on that and kind of We think, just felt oh, like right. it wasn't shared in the way it could be to people outside, of, especially people outside of the county, which is a huge part of, a huge number of people getting married down here obviously don't live down here. So we felt like those people weren't being communicated to very well. That was part of our original thought for it all. Wasn't yeah, we it? just felt we could do so a better, better job than what was currently available. And that was it really. And of course, you know, we made money as well. That's great. You know, without money, we wouldn't be here. But Yeah, um, it just felt like a, I don't know. I was never, it was never, like I said, it was never really driven by money, but obviously we needed to make money to live. But at some time at points, it felt like a nice little bonus, the fact that we got paid for it. Because, yeah, it did. Because we enjoyed it so much, didn't we? Yeah, it did. It did felt like at the end of the year, like, oh, I've got some money. 
Like, crime. You know, it was brilliant. Really good. It was hard in those first few years, for sure. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yes, yeah. It sometimes is a nice surprise that you think, oh, I get paid to do this. This is brilliant. I don't think we took any money for a few years. I think we took like a real basic salary under that as well. We lived with Becca's parents and stuff. A lot of baked beans. Yeah, just whatever it was. Those heavy days. Yeah, it's just the naivety of youth sort of started the business, you know, had now I wouldn't do all that. It's weird. Well, you wouldn't want to be... I wouldn't want to do that again. You know, at this age, it's tough. It's real tough to run a, start a business at, at, in your 40s, I would say, because you've got to, you know, that's back to basics. You know, where are you going to get... Especially if people are leaving... Well, if people are leaving salaries, you know, the decent jobs and stuff to start a business, that must be so hard because you, you just starting from nothing you know your, your money you, your income straight away is completely slashed your overheads have to be quite minimal to start a business up, you've say, got to or. be really passionate haven't you to yeah. chase that dream at, at that point and you know we say chase that dream but obviously you guys have very much made it a reality yeah well I think um it's anything is possible for sure like I think you've just got to be willing to work really hard and like I say, if you love what you do, then it doesn't feel like work anyway. So I say go for it. It feels say, like you very much answered my my final question to the pair of you, which is, you know, if you've got any advice that you would share with anyone else who's thinking of starting something, either in print media or in any kind of sector. Um, well, print's exceptionally hard. I say it's hard. I'll probably stay away from print completely, <laughs> if, I'm on, if I'm honest with you. No, I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, like, no, I say if you've got the you've right got to be niche, really good. You've got to be really good. If you've got the right niche and you've really thought through your market and your readership and where your advertising revenue is coming from, then go for it. I'd say that. Yeah. But don't go into it with like, oh, I've got this amazing idea for a product and you haven't thought about the advertising revenue. That it's got to start with that advertising revenue. Like, how are you going to fund this? Because yeah, you've I'll... seen you've seen those magazines come and go, haven't you? Those coffee table yeah, magazines. Yeah, a couple of issues and then go. Yeah, yeah, usually a lifestyle magazine of Cornwall, some surfing thing or something, and then they realise that there's no income. You know, there's no surf shop. There's nothing to sort of back that up. And they get a funding or a grant from for a year and they last four or five issues and it looks great, it looks brilliant. But when it comes down to actually revenue, they didn't factor that in the business at all. Whatsoever. So unless, unless you're really sure about that, don't chase print media. Yeah, well, I'd say that for most businesses. If you've like, done your research, that's fine. Do your research, yeah, do your research first uh, uh, and really, you know, have a really close look at where that revenue is going to come from and whether it's realistic to get that revenue to make that product sustainable. Is it? And is but it then beyond that, I say um, just, yeah, just it's just like hard work, meet the right people. I, I think, I, you know, I think the most important thing I've learned is, is all about getting the right team together as well. And it's amazing how sometimes the right people fall into your path at the right time. And I think it's making the most of those connections. And um, and then marry, yeah. marry some of those team members. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure about Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we're happily married. What are we, 10 years now? It's good. 10 years. Um, and have great patience if you do end up working with your husband. Yeah, and wife. Same thing. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> thank you both so much for uh spending time yeah. with me on founder friday it was fantastic to hear all about you both and web magazine and um i look forward to sharing this with the community so thank you both guys and well done on all your successes yeah thanks thank take it easy nice to see you 
for listening. To hear more from other inspiring entrepreneurs or to learn about the Canopy community and how it can help you to grow your business, visit linktree forward slash Canopy community.